Hey everybody, it's Sarah Ivory. We're back with another edition of Vox Tablet. Welcome. Today, something along the lines of a Purim spiel. The holiday of Purim is upon us, and there are traditional ways that people celebrate. They eat hamantashen, for instance. Personally, I love ones that are filled with raspberry jam. They rattle noisemakers. They have a drink, and then often they'll have a few more. It's also very common to enjoy a Purim spiel, which is a comedic play often performed about Queen Esther and how she was such a hero to save all the Jews from the very evil Haman. Today, we've got a Purim spiel for you with one caveat. It's not at all Purim related, but who cares really? The story we've got for you is completely fun and now is as good a time as ever to have a little fun. So let's. The story is by Ilya Kodesh. Ilya took first prize when he performed this story at a Jewish storytelling slam a couple of months ago. He headed off to grad school last fall. You're about to hear a little bit more about that. So without further ado, here's Ilya. A few months ago, I applied to graduate school and got in and decided to go. I thought, why not? It's something people do. And my first step en route to my new and exciting life was finding a place to live near the school. Uh, To save money, I wanted to find a roommate. You know, someone cool but non-threatening, who could be my best friend and emergency contact, who had my back and kept my secrets. The Mordecai to my Esther, you could say. But finding the special person was hard because I didn't know anybody. You know, one potential roommate was a drummer. Another turned out to be a registered sex offender. I don't know which is a less desirable attribute for a roommate. Long story short, eventually I had to face the fact that I was going to live alone. I felt bad paying for a studio, but I spent the last three years living with my parents, so I was excited to get my own place, where I could take baths in the middle of the night if I wanted to, and put up personalized motivational sayings that I would write to myself. But I was nervous about starting grad school off on the wrong foot. The situation was delicate in my mind, because here are the facts on the ground. Uh, Since graduating college, I had some false starts, I let some opportunities pass me by, but now I was going to a prestigious school, my old habits just weren't going to cut it. And so I made a big radical decision. I decided not to get internet in my new place. The internet has always enabled my bad habits. You know, in the past, whenever I was anxious or moody, I had trouble sleeping, I would get insomnia. And then I would get on the computer and start googling the real crazy shit. True crime, conspiracy theories, weird cults, medical oddities. I remember at one point I spent a couple of hours listening to 30-second clips of comedy albums on iTunes, and it was all, like, joke setups because the punchlines were cut off. Like, a completely dissatisfying thing to do. But now I thought, you know, I don't have time anymore to explore the macabre corners of the internet and indulge in these negative emotions that held me back. I'm going to start a clean, liberated lifestyle, internet-free. I felt great about it at first, but once the school year began, I realized that not having internet was a little impractical. But I thought, maybe I can keep the vow that I made and maneuver around this. Maybe I can jack some neighbor's Wi-Fi for when I really need it, strictly for emergencies. So I looked around to see what Wi-Fi networks were in the vicinity, and I saw that one of them was the local Chabad. And I remembered that my new building was literally next door to the Chabad. But the Wi-Fi was password-protected, of course, so I formulated a plan. A brilliant, foolproof plan. All I had to do was go to the Chabad, introduce myself as a nice, well-intentioned Jewish grad student. Uh, The Jewish grad student part was true. The nice and well-intentioned part I could easily fake. 
and I would tell the rabbi that I was interested in participating in Chabad programming. And by the way, you know, I, I brought my laptop. Can I just, just quickly check my email? I'll be right on my way. And they would give me the password, and I'd have it forever, and no one would be the wiser. So the next day, I go over there and introduce myself. And within a minute of me being there, the rabbi asked me if I'd like to put on tefillin. At Chabad, you know, they don't pussyfoot around. If they see an opportunity to do a mitzvah, they get her done. I'm caught off guard, but I say, sure, why not? Uh, but as he's putting the tefillin on me, this, this black leather bondage strap, you know, and saying the blessing for me to repeat, I'm like a junkie. I can smell that Wi-Fi password. I'm thinking, I'll put tefillin on every day if I have to. I'll wear the fringes, I'll grow side locks, whatever it takes. Habad doesn't know who they're dealing with. And, you know, I start having very entitled, almost sociopathic thoughts. Like, that Wi-Fi password is my birthright. God made a covenant with Abraham so that I could get free internet whenever I wanted. So, after the tefillin part is over, uh, I'm sheepish about pursuing this password agenda, but it's too late for me to quit now. I'm already way too far into this. But it's also too far for me to be casual and cool about it. I think the rabbi senses the desperation. Anyway, uh, he's not sure what the password is, but he lets me try to figure it out. The Chabad computer has Windows Vista, and after 15 frantic minutes clicking every which way, I find out the password. Are you ready? It's Jewish123. I feel like I could have guessed that, but it didn't matter. I executed the perfect heist, like Ocean's Eleven. So I said thank you and went home, and I used the password conscientiously. You know, I, I didn't abuse the privilege. But as the semester progressed... Things turned out to be harder than I thought. Grad school wasn't exactly what I expected. The curriculum wasn't necessarily a perfect fit. And the worst part is that everyone around me seemed totally happy and excited to be there. But I started second-guessing myself. And I was self-conscious about talking about it with other people or bringing negative energy into the room, so I felt very isolated. And because of the stress, the insomnia returned with a vengeance. And I fell back into my old habits. I sat awake in the middle of the night, Googling hysterically, thinking maniacal thoughts, reading the blog of some guy who wants to euthanize the homeless. Then, one night, in the delirium of my anxiety about what I came to grad school to do and the kind of person I was becoming, I realized something. Chabad knows what I'm doing. Chabad sees. The rabbi can easily log into his administrator's account and read my whole internet browsing history. Just imagine if your rabbi could see your whole internet history. It's chilling. Like, the rabbi doesn't need to know that I'm awake at four in the morning reading the PDF application for membership in the Church of Satan. Just to see if I'm eligible. It turns out they're not very selective. But as vulnerable as I felt, and as exposed, I also felt less alone, less disconnected. I was relieved that someone was bearing witness, looking over me. Maybe the rabbi... Maybe God himself, if he's interested in that kind of thing. Or maybe just the part of me that's self-assured and hopeful and holds fast to the belief that everything is going to turn out just fine. Ilya Kodish is a writer and performer. I'm pleased to report he has very happily adjusted to graduate school, and every Shabbat he has dinner at the Chabad house next door. We won't confirm or deny, however, whether or not the password Jewish123 is in fact the password at the Chabad. 
The Vox Tablet is produced by Julie Subrin. I'm your host, Sarah Ivory. If you liked what you heard, we do hope you're going to recommend it to other people. Do it. And we also hope that you'll join us next week. Do that, too. We'll be talking with historian Jonathan Sarna about the very first and the very last time Jews were expelled from U.S. territory. Don't miss it.